0: To Small Town Gospel Podcast. I'm Alana with Alex, and today we are discussing fellowship.
1: Or, as we call it here in Troy, Montana, fellowship.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, in many rural churches, uh, fellowship has come to kind of be a Christianized way of referring to hanging out and eating pizza.
0: Or Chick-fil-A uh, <laughs> sauce and yummy other food. Right,
1: yeah, so uh, you, you've heard it. Um, we've got some barbecue cooking. Come on over, we'll have some fellowship. Or uh, you might see it in the church bulletin. Uh, join us in the fellowship hall for the baby shower. And so it's a term that uh, Christians use a lot, I think, outside of uh, Christianity Perhaps the only time you hear it referred to would be like the Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings. So it's it's sort of Christians use it a lot, but don't really think much about what it means. And then non Christians, when they hear Christians talking about fellowship, uh, they they just probably roll their eyes and it's like that sounds kind of creepy and cult like. <laughs> uh, so. Um, when we get to trying to think about what it is, what what are we talking about when we say fellowship, I think more than anything, it involves intimately and closely shared uh, identity and purpose in in a variety of ways. And so today we're going to discuss Christian fellowship specifically revolves around several characteristics.
0: Yeah, I think that... It's important to distinguish Christian fellowship from hanging out and it looks so much more different than I think what you were saying, what we put the emphasis on. So I think the first uh, category that Christian fellowship needs to identify is what are your similar beliefs that you are fellowshipping around.
1: Right, and so we get an interesting passage uh, that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6 uh, and verse 14 and 15 specifically. It says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship, there's the key word there, what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? And so you have this uh, concept of fellowship thrown in there with this. You can't have it if you're a believer and someone else is an unbeliever. You whatever fellowship is, you can't share it if you believe and and somebody else doesn't. <clears throat> uh, so what what's maybe the context where we hear that uh, this these verses spoken of? Most often,
0: I think often you hear this in the context of how Christians are supposed to act toward non Christians, not really uh, the relationship between Christians and Christians.
1: Right, and pe- people very often talk about uh, unequally yoked. And that's always in reference to marriage or dating, and don't be unequally yoked. But what's interesting there in Second Corinthians is nothing in the surrounding context says anything at all about romantic uh, relationships like that. Yeah. So th- this is uh, it. It certainly applies. You you shouldn't uh, link together in such an intimate union as marriage with an unbeliever. That's that's obviously unwise and unbiblical but the application goes much more broadly where this shared faith in the gospel is what is the foundation and uh bullseye of the friendship and so uh, i guess something i would like to pick your brain about a little bit is there's Christians and non-Christians and to have fellowship you need to share faith in the gospel, you need to be Christians together. Uh, But does it get more specific than that? In other words, some people baptize babies, some people uh, do believers baptisms, some people have female pastors, some people do not, those kinds of things. Is there a point within Christianity where it's difficult to have fellowship if there's enough uh, theological differences
0: yeah I've kind of thought about this quite a bit because there are so many uh, Christian denominations even within our tiny little town of a thousand people yeah and I do believe that there is an amount of fellowship that can be had well with just believers that believe in the gospel um it's encouraging to spur one another on and to encourage one another to continue to share the truth of the gospel because it is life-giving life-saving news however i do believe that the deep intimate uh daily weekly living with one another communing and fellowship does need more specificities involved um i think that that has to do with uh even something as simple as not causing your brother to stumble um making sure that we're diligent to be standing firm on our convictions in scripture and scriptural truth so if there's some big thing um for instance i think a woman pastor where that's just something that scripturally i think is pretty clear if somebody disagrees then us spurring each other on in that topic isn't going to be helpful at all. Right. Um, and so it wouldn't be fellowship at that point.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree. And I've, uh, the last mm, three or four years, I, I have become less idealistic, I guess, on that, where I used to be hey, you know what? Any, anyone who names the name of Christ and is, is a believer and serious about it. We can have really meaningful fellowship. But uh, on some of these areas where there's strongly held convictions about certain issues, uh, it does. that's not to say there's no fellowship, yeah. but it puts a pretty hard and relatively low ceiling on how, how high and glorious the fellowship can be. So it's just something to, to think through. And I would say context determines a lot. I would say if persecution were to come in a, a you know, get turned up to level eleven, um, it would pretty quickly there there would be people that we might agree with on more theological issues that melt away because of the persecution, and people that we have quite a few disagreements with uh, just reveal themselves to be the genuine article, yeah, and that might kind of change the calculus a little bit, but. Uh, beliefs certainly starting with the gospel and then you would need to kind of go through a hierarchy of what are the deal breakers for me as far as really intimate fellowship. Uh, so belief is the uh, first category uh, that you hold in common to have fellowship. The, the next that kind of springs up out of our faith are lifestyle convictions. Would you uh, read there from 1 John chapter 1?
0: Yeah, in 1 John 1, verses 5 through 7, we see this passage. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin
1: right so that's such a key passage for uh, anything involving fellowship uh i was surprised to learn i i just looked up the word fellowship in the new testament and i believe it's used only eight times so it's such a key thing but the actual specific word is used only eight times in the entire new testament and the passage you just read has three of those yeah uh, so wow. that's kind of uh, a key passage for sure when it comes to this issue and what you see here is this interesting paradox because on the one hand, especially in the verses you read, there's this element of the seriousness of holiness. You, you can't have fellowship with God or one another if you're claiming to be a Christian and yet in this ongoing pattern of sin. But the very next verses after that to close 1 John 1... Uh, say that at the same time you can't walk in the light and claim to have no sin. If you claim to have no sin, you're explicitly identified as a liar and the truth is not in you. So fellowship here involves everyone striving together to have uh, Christ formed in them through the power of the Holy Spirit and fellowship involves and necessitates that we acknowledge when we fall short. Yeah. Um, you, you can't uh, blow steam when it comes to this and just uh, be a phony and only uh, have a veneer of holiness um, and say that the whole thing is holy. You have, to, you have to call a spade a spade when you fall short.
0: Yeah, I truly believe that the two parts that we really need to focus on is we need to be actively pursuing Christ. And we need to be actively confessing our sin to Christ and to one another the fact that Christ is working in us and the blood of Jesus does cleanse us from all of our sin does not negate the fact that we are sinners right. and we need the body of believers to encourage us to be there for one another when we do confess sin to encourage us toward Christ to be rooted in Christ, to be pursuing holiness and godliness. And I think that that is definitely what makes fellowship different than hanging out.
1: Right. And uh, what, one of my favorite quotes ever about fellowship, and and it's kind of this figure of speech that A.W. Tozer uses to describe how we all uh, get closer to one another when that's not actually the ultimate goal i'll share it with you here real quick uh he he writes has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other they are of one accord by being tuned not to each other but to another standard to which each one must individually bow so 100 worshipers met together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be if they were to become unity-focused and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. So it's this obsession with Christ and a, a shared desire to be more like Christ that brings us uh, as, almost as a side effect closer to one another.
0: Yeah, uh, another thing that I've thought of is the danger in not being together. Um, Because we are sinners, when we are left in solitude with our sin, it festers, and we need one another to confess to, and I truly believe that solitude is dangerous, especially when you are...
1: Uh, a Christian yeah, and I would say where we live here, that is a a particular danger now in in cities this this danger exists as well. you're surrounded by people all the time and yet all alone here uh it's just more obvious if you're isolated because there's there's people that that we know and love who literally the reason they live around this community uh is in order to avoid people yeah and they import that way of life uh and that mindset of getting away from it all Um, they import that into their christianity as well of you know what, church is a thing I do on Sunday. Uh, I associate myself, I identify myself as a Christian, but once it comes time to actually become involved in very specific and practical ways, they, they respond with anger and resentment yeah. uh, more times than not.
0: And I think that <laughs> there's a part of sanctification that as the Lord works in your heart more the more you are eager and desire and have a taste for that need for fellowship right uh the more you devote yourself to christ and the gospel and the works that he's commanded us to do the more you realize your desperate need for a christian community and fellowship
1: yeah and i i think uh within our congregation this that culture has developed really wonderfully yeah uh, where little by little we're becoming a little bit more quick to acknowledge when we fall short to be willing to have uh, maybe a slightly confrontational conversation just last week I uh, asked you about um, the, the way you handled uh, a situation when you got a little angry and we just had a, a conversation about it. And yeah. then you've talked to me about when I haven't been as patient with my wife as I should be. And so there's uh, an openness there that I think you can't have true fellowship if you aren't having those sorts of conversations.
0: Yeah, uh, this reminds me of a Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote that says, Sin must be brought into the light. The unexpressed must be openly spoken and acknowledged. Now he stands in fellowship of sinners who live by the grace of God in the cross of Jesus Christ. Now he can be a sinner and still enjoy the grace of God. He can confess his sins and in this very act find fellowship for the first time. The sin concealed separated him from the fellowship, made all his apparent fellowship a sham. Mm. The sin confessed has helped him to find true fellowship with the brethren in Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. Yeah, that's that's powerful. And I, um, I have some dear friends who, who they, they've had some pretty grim sins exposed, and yet by walking in the light and not not running away from the people they sinned against uh, it, it some miraculous things have, have happened so those are the first two uh, elements of true christian fellowships you you have this shared faith shared belief shared uh, lifestyle convictions that that come up from that shared belief and With those two things in mind, then you have a shared mission and a shared purpose. Now, there's a whole context in Galatians leading up to the verse I'll read, so I encourage you to look that up sometimes. But in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul writes, James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me. They gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. And so there's this uh, acknowledgement there. Um, Again, Paul's conversion and the way that he came to be an apostle was very unusual. (laughs) And so there was this process of accepting him as an apostle and then commissioning him as a missionary Uh, particularly to the Gentiles and the way that that's described there is uh, when when they're ready to commission him they gave the right hand of fellowship and so there's this shared mission involved in
0: fellowship yeah um, I think that this has been something that's been interesting to see grow and develop at our church uh, to encourage each other with this mission to go and be active in our community.
1: Right. And uh, I think it's, it's been interesting to see that uh, within our church, there's people who might have a lot of, a lot more other things in common. So Danny and I, for instance, uh, when it comes to hobbies and stuff, there's, there's very little that, <laughs> that we share in common. He just took his day off uh, this last weekend to go climb through the mountains, wake up early, get all dirty, smelly, stinky, and try to shoot a bear. Um, and never in a million years would I take my precious day off to do that. <laughs> uh, but we're we've become very, very dear friends, even though I don't know what torque in a truck means. Um and he does and uh he would not consider reading a five hundred page book a a good time, uh, but I do. We've we've become very dear friends as this shared mission becomes the focus and focal point of, of our friendship. And, and I, I think that's happened with several people yeah. um, well, in our church.
0: I think that there's this beauty in the body that we obviously see in our church. Cause that's where we are, where we are each just given different gifts and different talents and different hobbies. And because we have the shared mission, the gospel um, all of that just is something that encourages and uplifts and is a tool to be used to encourage one another in the gospel. Um, instead of it being like, I don't hunt. Uh, what do we <laughs> say now? You know, um, I meet with people regularly that we don't really have too much more in common, but I learn from them greatly. And I learn how to be better at hospitality, how to be better at talking to strangers. I learned how to be better at being silent and taking solitude seriously Mm. in my weekly life. I learned so much from others who are so different from me. And then that then encourages me to seek Christ in ways that aren't natural to me and to share the gospel with somebody that I don't really have that much in common with. <laughs> and so I've been thankful that our church is so diverse and, um, is diligent to have this deep fellowship with one another, even though we have so many things not in common.
1: Right. And that's, uh, the unity in diversity is, is the God's design and God's purpose for, for the church. Um, so it's interesting. We, we've poked fun a little bit at the whole equating um, fellowship with hanging out. But there is an aspect, biblically, of flat out just spending time together. And so uh, the last uh, aspect of Christian fellowship that we'll talk about is just in this gospel context, you have intimately shared time, life, and experiences together. And uh, so from Acts 2, 42 to 47, says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So that part sounds very churchy, very yeah. spiritual. Uh, but then it continues and it says all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Mm. So you, you see this kind of in and out, in and out, in and out of uh, spiritual things. And then they're just like together yeah. and sharing their stuff. We, <laughs> uh, Your family and our family, we have a jointly owned weed whacker. We do. I'm going to try to remember to take it with me um, <laughs> when we're done recording today. Uh, so, the, you know, there's things like that. Shared uh, time together, experiences together. Uh, meals in our introductory episode we said that one of the you know core aspects of your family and my family's friendship is we get together and we eat yummy food so even though fellowship can't be and shouldn't be equated with hanging out it is In the context of real life. Yeah. And so uh, during football season, we love to go to church. And uh, all of our focus and attention is on the Lord and his glory and his word and praying together. And then we've got, you know, let's, hey, let's eat some chili dogs and watch football. (laughs) And, like, those two things aren't opposed to each other. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. I also think that this section of verses uh, we try I think there's two aspects of looking at fellowship. One is that people downplay it and it's just hanging out and then one is that it's this extreme version of Christian life where there's no fun involved. Um, And I think that this passage just clearly shows that uh, we are to be doing both. We are to be actively listening consuming and then doing what is being taught. We are to be living together, eating together, hanging out, getting to know one another personally, but we're also to be diligently praying uh, for one another, for what's going on. We're supposed to be going to the Father together. Uh, And then with that comes things such as actively confessing our sin, encouraging one another when we're going through hard things. Um, And I think that when we hang out and we spend time with each other we eat together then that makes way for intimacy of confessing sin praying with one another talking about the word and how that applies to our life
1: right and i i think often of um you know if if i'm for instance looking for a new church i i move to a new town and i'm looking for a new church no matter how great the theology and uh, healthy the church, I I'm just not going to day one go in and chat with the pastor and say, uh, here's how we are really struggling <laughs> with our son. Yeah. Um, that honestly is only uh, earned and developed as you've like gone on hikes together yeah. and done the for lack of a better word, unspiritual things together. And those two things dovetail together and uh, create a a healthy, true gospel friendship or fellowship.
0: Yeah, uh, but kind of going back to what we started talking with, there's also a really crazy richness in fellowship when you're halfway around the world, you're in a place that you're not comfortable, and you show up to a church and there are believers In this random country that you're in, and for one or two or however long you're there, Sundays or worship days, you worship with people that you might not speak the same language very well. You Mm -hmm. might not have cultural similarities, but here you are together worshiping God, um, praying, praising the Lord together. And I think that that's just as sweet in those moments of fellowship Mm -hmm. as... Uh, it is with close friends as well Um, because it's all in the umbrella of we are made to worship Christ we are made to be together to glorify him Um, and so there is an aspect of fellowship like we were talking about previously where you can just be halfway around the world worshiping the Lord together with somebody and it's just as sweet
1: right and that's the reminder that that the basis of the unity uh is the work of god right so uh those who the father chose those who the son died for those who the spirit has sealed mm-hmm. uh objectively and outside of our experience of hanging out are unified yeah are yeah. uh in fellowship with one another so Uh, It's important to consider how all of this that fellowship is, intimately shared beliefs, lifestyle convictions, mission, and time together, all of that is great and wonderful. And uh, when anyone, uh, a hardened atheist, hears about that, Mm-hmm. and it's like, well man, i I want those kinds of relationships in my life that that would give my life more fulfillment and meaning. We have to remember when we're talking about this kind of fellowship, these sorts of relationships with each other that it's built upon the foundation and only possible with the prerequisite of us having fellowship with God mm-hmm. through Christ um, that passage there in 1 Corinthians 1, if you want to share that.
0: Yeah, 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 4-9 says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in Him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our lord jesus christ god is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son jesus christ our lord
1: so a few observations there uh the most important fellowship that then makes any other fellowship possible is the fellowship initiated made possible by god through christ Mm -hmm. um and so that ties it back to our episode on evangelism. That yeah. ties it back to why we need to be so gospel-centered. We don't leave the gospel at the door when we start talking about fellowship. Mm-hmm. And then the, the second thing, just to drive home how central the gospel is to all of this, I, I encourage our listeners, please go back and read this, that paragraph, 1 Corinthians 1, through 4-9, Read everything that Paul says about these people and then remember who he's talking to. Mm. The Corinthians. <laughs> the people who were suing each other, who were getting drunk during uh, during communion, who, you know, they they were applauding the guy who was st- sleeping with his stepmom. Um, and all of this is true about them. Mm. And so... The, that's just the basis of of fellowship of we remind each other as we stumble as we fall as we fall short of the grace of God in Christ even for really deeply messed up people and as you have close fellowship with one another you won't you won't wonder if one another are sinners (laughs) we
0: all are
1: (laughs) it'll it'll be very obvious uh, as you become close with others and so Uh, Our fellowship with one another is based on the fact that God has made fellowship with himself possible Though we are fallen and uh, That's where you always need to make sure all human fellowship is founded upon that
0: Yeah, uh, I think that one of the most encouraging parts of this is Christ is our sustenance. He is what sustains Um, and when that is the building block of your life, then all of this other stuff will flow. And praise be to God that we even have this opportunity to fellowship with one another through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you next week for another episode of Small Town Gospel. I thought you
1: were going
0: to be less obvious. <laughs> no. Bye. bye.